This episode is brought to you by Diet Cherry Koala Cola. Unleash your wild side from down under and get your cherry popped with Diet Cherry Koala Cola. And now, the Radcast. In five, four, three, two. Extreme close up! What are you looking at? I'm looking. I'm not. Lo- I, I'm not looking at anything. <laughs> yeah, it's my phone's updating. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah. That. <laughs> well, you're just looking. It's like. Well, I'm. I'm in thought. I'm in thought right now. Okay. Well. Because I am an introspective person, and I am a and I am a strong person, and you can't take that away from me. No. Well, we're gonna get started. If that's okay with you, I'll allow it. Okay, thank you. Uh, this is the first episode of the Radcast. Yes. Welcome to the Radcast. Yes, everybody. welcome to the Radcast, um, a podcast that myself and Stephen are doing. Uh, well, I guess I should introduce us if you don't. Even yeah. Know. So I'm Matt Webster. This is my brother Stephen Webster, and we're currently on a podcast called the Proper Gentleman Podcast, mm-hmm. in which we talk about pop culture, nostalgia, stuff of that nature. We'll sort of explore that on 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 the Radcast, but sort of with an edge to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe focus a bit um, heavily on certain areas and specific topics. Mm-hmm. So today. We commemorate one of the greatest movies of all time. Oh yeah, in in eighties, I I get frustrated when people say a cheese class. No, this this is a great monumental movie and yeah. cinema. The nineteen yeah. eighties classic, celebrating its thirtieth year on yeah. May nineteenth. Mm-hmm. Roadhouse. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about that coming out of the gate with a bang. We're going to be covering the movie and just giving our general thoughts on it. So yeah, no, absolutely, and I mean. It is corny, like it's got it. It is very eighties. Right. Just watching it, mm-hmm. it it has a lot of those tropes in there, but it's just awesome. With it, with any of those eighties action movies, uh, there's there's more to it than just fighting and explosions and stuff. Yeah, like that you know, corny you, dialogue. You just got to be willing to kind of think about it and dig a little deeper, and that's sure. kind of what what you find. At least that's what we found watching Roadhouse. At least. To at least prepare for this episode, I mean, yeah. we've seen it numerous times before. Sure, it's a uh, yeah. There's a we'll we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. But first, what we like to do on the Radcast is not just explore certain topics, but we like to talk to people. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna have a lot of friends on here. Maybe do some research on just different individuals with different perspectives uh, to sort of give their two cents on particular subjects. And we, we'll do skits and segments, and, and we'll have different characters on here. Just make mm-hmm. it a rip-roaring roller coaster good time. Yeah. Uh, and I actually had a chance, I told you about it earlier, I had a chance to sit down with, I guess you could call it our first guest. And it was pretty interesting. It was, yeah. it was pretty interesting. Yeah, especially, it was, it was very impromptu, because I remember we had decided these first two episodes, we're not going to have a guest, it'll just be me and you, because we want the listeners yeah. to kind of just know us, but then you, you're you like, listen, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. thing to talk to somebody like this, so yeah. we have to have, yeah. so I had have a, to have this person on. I had a chance to sit down with him and sort of pick his brain, so I think right now, for the listeners, we'll just go ahead and show you that interview. So this is my interview with Zorbo the Zorbinian. Our first foray into this particular sit-down actually isn't with um, a person. It's really not even with someone from this galaxy. Um, Today we're going to start our sit-down, and hopefully it was one of many uh, interviews with an alien. So today I'm sitting down here with... Zorbo. How are you doing today, Zorbo? Greetings. I am doing just fine. Glad. I'm, I'm glad you're doing just fine? Fine. Oh, oh fine. Okay. Correct. Sorry, I, I, there's a bit of a language barrier. I know your, your English sounds pretty good, but uh, maybe 
in translation, I'm, I'm there, I'm, there's going to be a little bit for me I need to catch up on. I majored in earthling studies in, in university. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, so I actually, you know, a little introduction for the listeners, I actually encountered Zorbo for the first time outside of uh, the grocery store. Uh, and you were sniffing carts? Is One it? way for a new person in a new planet or galaxy is to, in my country and where I'm from, is to learn where you're at by sniffing things. That's, uh, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of how dogs on this planet grow acclimated with one another. Dogs. Yeah, animals, four-legged animals. So so you're telling me a dog is an animal on this planet? Yes. What what are I Do I want to know what they are on your planet? We don't call animals specific the same things that you call them here on Earth. So you call a thing a dog? Uh yeah. Well, if it fits a particular description. So what about a thing in the zoo? Are they all dogs? How do you know what a zoo is? We have zoos on. Where okay, I'm no, from. That, of course, of course, yeah. So it's where what, we keep our various creatures. Okay, well, I mean, not to get off topic, but what kind of creatures do you have? Well, what planet are you from, first of all? I am from Meltron. So, what what kind of creatures do you have on Meltron? All the things that would be nightmares to you, Earthlings, but we find them very cute and cuddly. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, I. Don't intend to go to Meltron anytime soon, but it sounds like you guys have it pretty well figured out up there. Well, you show me yours and I'll show you mine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that means something different here than it probably does on Meltron. So we'll just move past that. And I have, well, you have, I guess, some questions for me. So I found you sniffing carts outside of the grocery store and I approached you because I thought you were some perverted drifter. And turns out you are not, which is good because this was the middle of the day, and I don't think that would have, you know, boded well for for people coming out and going into the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, but you told me that you were an alien, which I mean I've heard Stranger Things, but uh, you you did something with your finger that sort of proved it to me. What 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 did what did you call that? That was called a Meldube boy. Well, judging from what you did, here we call it a wet willy, but um, I started seeing things that I hadn't previously experienced yet, so that's how it proved to me that you're probably an alien. So I should probably take you at your word before you did anything crazier to me. The only thing a man or alien has is their word in this life. That's true. I think I heard that somewhere. but You uh, heard it from my book. Oh, right, exactly, which is another reason I'm glad we have you on here because it, it also not only proves that there's intelligent life out there, it proves that they are doing the same things we are. They have same sort of the same ideas we, we do. They're writing books and putting out music and making movies and stuff. Um, so you are an author, is that correct? That is correct. Cool. So in talking to you, I found out that you wrote a book and you're actually here in our in America on Earth on a book tour, so what is your book called, and where can we find it? It is called Jesus Loves Aliens Too, and you can find it in any of your local bookstores. Well, so so you know about Jesus, so that's pretty cool. Correct. Um, so where how do you transport that here? Because it, it seems like you're from a different planet which we know just from science that it takes a long time to get out to space so how long did it take you to get your book here it took about four years of a lengthy process i will give you the details now so it comes via Miltron delivery courier, which flies to 12 galaxies then it gets to a transfer courier in the 12th vidro galaxy the carrier gives space code one two seven five six eight nine one two three four five seven oh seven zero one one to get through Earth's atmosphere. The courier lands in Tibet, which monks ship the books through in Earth delivery service. It's a headache of a process, but I don't have to do it, so I don't care. Well, 
hey, you're you're one of them creative types. So they tend to think about very little except themselves and their art. So not surprised there. So how? So it takes four years. You said correct. That is, that is a very lengthy process. Mm-hmm. How long ago did you write this book? I wrote the book 15 years ago, Earth years ago. Okay, 15 Earth years ago. So you were inquiring to me while you were down here about the game of baseball. Correct. Which is America's pastime. Where this is where you landed is America. Uh, uh, yes, that is what my GPS global positioning system told me. I okay. was in America. Three cheers for the red, white, and blue stars and bars. Thank you for having me, America. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you, Zorbo. Um, so you inquired about baseball, and more specifically about steroids in baseball. Is there any particular reason you brought up that subject? I am fascinated by this sport where an earthling hits a small sphere into an apparatus where other earthlings yell at loud volumes for the earthlings. And it was wild to me that there were earthlings who played this sport game that they wanted to put augmented substances in their bodies to help them hit this white sphere further into the apparatus with the cheering earthlings. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. So you're telling me that in Meltron, there aren't any sports? Well, there are some sports, but they don't involve people hitting white spheres with wooden sticks. Okay. Um, is there any level of competition, anything that would lead someone to want to be better than someone else? There is no need in Meltron for any of us to be better than anybody else. We are all pretty ugly. So you don't particularly particularly excuse me understand why we would need a competitive edge um and why we would pursue it in that manner is that correct it is lost on me could you please explain and explain what it is when these earthlings hit the ball into the apparatus sure so without going too far into the game of baseball basically with the steroid era, the most ex- arguably the most exciting play in baseball is the home run, and that's what you were describing is hitting this ball out of the ballpark, and that's what this vessel is that people are yelling and screaming. It's a baseball park, and so if you hit it over the wall, it's a home run. It's arguably most exciting play in this game of baseball, and people used steroids to enhance the performance because it makes you stronger, uh, makes you faster, recover quicker if you're injured. So that was the particular interest in this sport was you had these large, or you had these guys that weren't particularly anything to write home about in terms of size, and it made them stronger, and it made them hit the ball further, and it enabled them to really, I don't know, hit home runs easier not that that it's easy to hit home runs but it it kind of quickened their twitch muscles essentially you're telling me that this home run makes people more notable and people like them more yes that is that is exactly it perhaps i was over explaining something uh a subject in which you had zero to no understanding of you did fine it's nothing wrong you did fine (laughs) thank you zorbo so do you have any particular questions in regards to the subject like um i think you were telling me you knew some notable names from this particular era or sort of controversial figures There are a few that have come up in what was called the Mitchell Report, and as things with the Balco Company. Yeah. But some that come to mind right now are Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. It is apparent to me that Sammy Sosa was a different color skin color when he played baseball than he is now. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's several different factors as to why he changed that but that is correct when he played baseball he was of different uh ethnicity and then he got surgeries to change that that is very strange but i will not judge the man that is what jesus tells me (laughs) that's good is that in your book that is in my book that is a chapter it's called what jesus tells me (laughs) chapter five So if you want to skip to it, uh, those who are listening right now, you can and read my thoughts on what Jesus tells me. What? Anyway. Okay. 
So you have, so son, you have other people like Barry Bonds. I read something that Barry Bonds said where he said he didn't know what he was taking was steroids. He said it was some sort of balm or oil that the earthling known as the trainer rubbed on him. And since other players I know of inject the steroids through a needle on their bottoms themselves, does that mean this earthling rubbed earthling human bonds on the bottom? I I would assume so. He took a salve and rubbed it on his bottom. I I wasn't there when it happened, but I would only assume that that's what happened. So he's laying on the trainer's table, and he's just letting this earthling rub his bottom. That is what uh, that is what I assume, Sorbo. I mean, again, I wasn't there. I don't want to make any sort of uh, assumptions there. Well. There is one last earthling that I know notable for the steroid use, and that his name is Jose Canseco. Yes. He wrote a book, just like I wrote a book. Yeah, a a little different subject. Well, back in the earth year 2005, he wrote a book that exposed steroid users. Does this mean he is your favorite warrior here on Earth? Not necessarily. Here on Earth, we view that a little differently than you might view it in Meltron. Please explain to me how what is the difference. So, with baseball and competition in general, there's a certain uh, code of ethics, I guess. A lot of unwritten rules in regards to how you play the game. A lot of tradition that people like to uphold. And with these steroid users, people felt like they were betrayed. Like, people let them down. That they created this excitement for you know, a sport that was becoming kind of antiquated and they, uh, no pun intended, kind of injected some life into it. And what people thought was just good, wholesome excitement, good, wholesome baseball ended up being uh, a sense of betrayal. They felt like these players weren't necessarily going through this self-improvement by the most uh, honest means. And so baseball, a game of purity to a lot of people, was sort of tainted. And Jose Canseco was... Uh, sort of persona non grata, public enemy number one, because not only was he exposing all these players, he was talking, he was boasting about actually how he introduced these players to this, uh, to this drug, this substance. This does not sound like a very honorable man. Can you tell me a little more about Jose Canseco? Yeah, he's he's actually not really the nicest guy. I think he wore women's clothes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. He liked to put the syringes on... You know what high heels are? I am familiar with high heels. Okay, so he liked to tape the syringes on these stiletto heels and kick the guys in in their butts. So, yeah, it, um, it wasn't... And again, this came out in the Mitchell Report. Actually, no, he put it in his book. Oh. And so he used to just wind up and... You know, he used to say batter up. Even though he was kicking someone, he wasn't. He's not the smartest guy. So after after they were injected, the players would actually say, "It's good," you know, because he's sort of simulating kicking a field goal. I don't know if you've ever heard of football. I am familiar with football, but I do not know it as well as baseball. Yeah. So, um, so actually, sometimes he would kick them, and if you know, a player would be like, hey, watch the rising bags. It's talking about, you know. His testicles. His testicles, yeah. So His yeah. hang downs. His hang, his, is that what they call it, a meltron? It is a slang term we use for the testicles. It okay. is called the hang downs. Yeah, so basically that's that's all you really needed to know about Jose Canseco. He was a jerk. Um, he used to dress in women's clothes. Um, he said it was for the entertainment of his of his teammates, but I... I think I heard some reports that people would catch him looking at himself in the mirror going, hmm. Um, Sounds like a very interesting human yeah. being. Yeah, and he would use stiletto heels actually to inject people in the butt by kicking them. It is very fascinating to me. I think I might reach out to Jose Canseco. Sure. Maybe he needs a friend to talk to. Pro- yeah, well, he's sur- he's currently in, in the forests of America searching for Bigfoot. So, enough, I mean, enough about that. It's kind of negative. Um, I had one more question before I brought this to a close, if that's okay. There was a movie that came out about 40 years ago called E.T. This might sound like a silly question, 
but maybe you knew someone like E.T. Have you seen the movie? What do you think about it? Just kind of your thoughts. E.T. can lick my left nut, oh. my right and my two middle ones too. <laughs> so you're not a huge fan of E.T.? No, not particularly. Okay, well, Zorbo, I can honestly say it's been a pleasure. Hopefully you can drop by again. How, how, how long are you staying on Earth? I am on Earth until I can go to all 50 states and the hundreds of beautiful countries you have on here to talk about my book. So it will be quite a while, okay. so I would love to be on again. Yeah, please, absolutely. And while you're here, continue to gain some info. And if you ever have any questions, hit us up. Uh, let us know, and uh, we'd be happy to have you on the Radcast again. Thank you very much, and tell your brother I say hello. I will tell him that. Thank you very much, Zorbo. Well, Matt, I say you conducted yourself very well in that interview. There's a lot to unpack with what that guy was saying. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely something that we can think about while we're on break. So what we're going to do right now is we're just going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to dive into Roadhouse. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. Patrick Swayze is... Dalton. I thought you'd be... bigger. Opinions vary. When he's around, anything can happen. How's a guy like you end up a bouncer? Just lucky, I guess. And usually does. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Ask him to walk, but be nice. I'm so hungry I could eat an alien. Well, not our new friend Zorbo. Not Zorbo. Maybe one of those mm, tasty creatures at his zoo. Maybe, yeah. You think Zorbo brought a friend with him? I should have asked him. That's okay. Maybe we'll get some nice alien nuggets. creature meat one of these days. Mm. Alien nuggets. Mm, with some... Mm, with some barbecue sauce or maybe a ketchup barbecue sauce mix you're making me feel funny yeah oh i'm salivating right now it's not just hunger i'm feeling oh well okay well welcome back to the radcast hi Uh, everybody yeah (laughs) so like we said at the top of the show we have a uh pretty solid subject opening up Mm -hmm. this first edition oh yeah and we're going to be talking about roadhouse yes the the patrick swayze you know, rip roaring badass classic. Oh yeah, Roadhouse. Yeah, it it there's there's we're gonna get into it, but there's just so much about this movie that it's it's something that people say. Oh, you have to see Roadhouse if you like '80s movies. If you like yeah. '80s, it's such a good guy movie. Yeah, it's it's a great it's a guy movie. You gotta go. There's check a guy it. in it. You need you need to sit down with your buddies and watch it with the guys. Yeah, no girls allowed. Yeah, no girls allowed. Then you gotta touch each other in excitement. You gotta touch each other. There's a lot of TNA in this movie. A lot of TNA. You gotta touch somebody because no girls allowed. Yeah, when you start having weird feelings, you gotta help each other out. That's not how we feel when we no, watch this movie. No. I'd say most people don't, but I'm not going to judge. No, uh, I don't care. But anyway, it's it's one of those movies that people recommend you see if you, yeah. if you, if you like 80s it's movies. It's definitely in the conversation for like guilty pleasure movies. Yeah. But it, I don't particularly feel guilty about watching no. it. It's just it's a movie that I just like. I don't think you should feel guilty about the things that you like unless like no. you kill people. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then maybe you should be guilty by a court of law. Yeah, exactly. Guilty until proven guilty. Yeah. I don't care if you get pleasure from it. Yeah. No anyway, way. We got to get back on topic here. Get off the pleasure train. Take a piss or get off the pot. <laughs> It doesn't right. make any sense. We have to get to this, okay? Yeah, okay. Because I really am hungry. And yeah. We don't have <laughs> Zorbinian creature nuggets. Yeah, so. exactly. So this movie came out in 1989. You said in May of 1989? Yeah, like it was like May 19th. or we're Okay. Like we're about, we're like a month and a half away. Okay, so it came much. out in 1980, May 19th, something, May 1989. Yeah, let's say May 1989. Um, And so it is... An American action film, mm-hmm. which I don't like. I don't even know if I'd classify it as an action it's, film. There are action elements. When I think action film, I have a totally different image. It's in my a drama. Head. It's, a it's drama. a drama. It's a romance. There's some, f- you know, there's some funny images in this movie. Yeah, it's corn. It's cornball. There's some yeah. cornball, cheesy '80s stuff in it, which to us watching it now, having a different perspective on things, mm-hmm. it's funny. 
Yeah. Um, but there's some intentionally funny stuff in here. So yeah, it's it's a it's a smorgasbord of of sorts. Yeah. But you know, if you ask, if you had to ask anyone to classify it in one genre, you could probably say action. Action, I think, is a safe. Bet. Yeah. Um, and so it's directed by H- Rowdy Harrington. Yeah, Rowdy Roddy Harrington. Yeah, <laughs> which you, you look, you see a name like Rowdy Harrington, and then the nature of the movie. Yeah, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, he's he is one of those guys. Be like, how was how was that? He's like, cut. It's, it's gotta be rowdier. Yeah, we gotta get rowdy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Am I the only one who's rowdy in here? Come on, it's not just my name. Yeah, exactly. So he he is. He's got a few director's credits, mm-hmm. but mostly he does movies of this ilk. Right. Um, he did the movie Gladiator, directed it. Uh, not the Gladiator you're I was going to say, that's Ridley Scott. Gladiator from 1992. Oh. About see, illegal underground boxing. That, that actually sounds like something I'd be more interested to watch. Yeah, I was going to say, if, like, if that were on Netflix on like a lazy Saturday afternoon, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch this. It's got Cuba Gooding Jr. in it. Oh, well, see, I... There may be a lot of people who want to stone me for this, but I've never seen Gladiator. And every time I tell people who love Gladiator, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get around to it because I am interested. I would be willing to watch that Gladiator yeah. before the Russell Crowe For whatever Gladiator. reason. As you're going to find on this podcast, for whatever reason, we have more of an affinity for that sort of cornball cheese like b movies just crap yeah <laughs> it's a, yeah exactly that, that's the that's the biggest hallmark of what we're looking for it's mainly foreign directors coming in wanting to make and be earnest about making a film and they just end up making b crap yeah so yeah we're we tend to find silver linings and everything yeah. something to enjoy and everything There's endearment to it yeah exactly so and another movie he did was with bruce willis and sarah jessica parker the next year called striking distance oh. so that's uh not not one i'm gonna watch anytime soon no but, you know but, if you're interested out there or have seen it you know feel free to tell us about it i'm not i don't care but you can tell us about it um it's produced by joel silver Okay. who is like heavy hitter Hollywood producer has done a ton of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to pull up the old uh, internet movie database and I can pretty much just grab anything from there that, and you've probably heard of it. So Joel Silver Roadhouse. Oh yeah, of course. Um, I didn't know that. I love that movie. Yeah, me too. And so he also did the nice guys. With uh, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Oh, yeah. So another gladiator connection. Yeah. Um, He did Project X. And this is more recent stuff. He's done, um, let's see, he's done Fred Claus. Um, Are, is this guy supposed to be? Racer. You said this guy was a heavy hitter. Hey, you gotta do you gotta do a little bit of everything. Yeah, just I ask, know, but just like, ask William Forsythe. Yeah, William Forsythe. I mean Samuel L. Like Samuel, yeah, Samuel Jackson. Jackson. Done a little bit of everything. I think he he did the Matrix. He produced oh, okay. the Matrix. Gotcha. All right. Um, you know, Swordfish. Yeah, he he's done a lot of movies. right. Yeah. You know, honestly, he probably he goes where the money is. Yeah, and exactly. If, you know, you can go from Swordfish to Fred Claus, and Fred Claus is paying you the same as Swordfish. Yeah, you exactly. Just, you do Fred Claus. Uh, plus, you get to work with Vince Vaughn. And, yeah, what uh, a delightful human being. Sorry. Uh, the composer is Michael Kamen. Ooh, yeah. Who did X-Men, Die Hard, All the Lethal Weapons, Adventures in Babysitting. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I learned who Michael Kamen was because he did a concert. with this, He was conducting the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra, mm-hmm. and they're playing with Metallica. Yeah. And so I used to watch that concert a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that's you know some of the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. in this movie, Point Break, Dirty Dancing, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly Lynch, uh, so Drugstore Cowboy, Cowboy, Curly Sue. Yeah. Um, let's see, Ben Gazzara. But yeah, famous, uh, like long famous, famous character, character actor, actor yeah. um, who's incredible in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that may have seen The Big Lebowski, he yes. plays the adult film director in yeah. The Big Lebowski. Yeah. And speaking of The Big Lebowski, Jackie Sam Tre- Elliott. Yeah, ja- uh, Jackie Treehorn. Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, Sam Elliott. Sam who, Elliott is this. I'm sorry, like, Sam Elliott's had a legendary career, but to me, Wade Garrett is his best role. Yeah. And you can have your Morgan Freemans. Uh, you can have, you know, everybody using Morgan Freeman for anything. If I'm going to pick the voice of God, I'm either going to pick Sam Elliott or Lance Henriksen. Yeah, exactly. Or Keith David, who's or also Keith, in this movie. Yeah, or Keith David. Who has like one speaking part 
but he's like in the opening credits. Yeah. So, and then uh, Terry Funk. Terry Funk. Hardcore uh, wrestling legend. And even before that, just professional wrestling legend. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Former NWA world World champion. champion, uh, King of former ECW. King of the death match in Japan. Exactly. So, legend. A lot of, a lot of like acumen in this movie. Oh, yeah. People who are notable for things. Yep. Um, so that's some of the cast, some of the crew. Um, Steven, do you want to give us a quick rundown of what this movie's about? Like so, Cliff Notes version. Yeah. Of this movie's so about. pretty much without going into a lot of detail, um, it follows this character by the name of Dalton, who is a cooler, who pretty much, a, a common misconception, and I can maybe see it because in the movie he's he kind of refers himself as a bouncer. Yeah. But he is like the manager of all the bouncers. Yeah. He doesn't really get involved in anything unless he really has yeah. to. He's making sure that they're doing their job. Yeah. So he's hired by this bar owner in kind of almost rural Missouri. Yeah. Um, Jasper, Jasper, Missouri. Jasper, Missouri. And this is a really seedy place. Like yeah. this is a dive. Like, by definition of what dive is called a double deuce. And he's hired by this guy who's coming in some money and he wants to really clean the place up. So Dalton has a high asking price. Um, He is the best in his field and he goes with the double deuce, sees how just really crappy. It needs a lot of work. It's, it is in terms of, it is a fixer upper. The people, the staff, everything like it's really seedy. Yeah. Like really, really seedy. Um, so Dalton shows up, he starts, you know, having this plan of action, how he wants to clean the place up. Part of that is firing a lot of the near do wells, a lot of people who are Terry Funk, Terry Funk. He gets rid of Terry. Terry Funk's the bad guy. I got a problem with that. Um, but he starts firing all these people, but he starts to slowly learn that the whole town is in the pocket of this really rich, um, just businessman, really rich yeah. businessman, uh, by the name of Brad Wesley, who's mm-hmm. Ben Gazzara's character. Yeah, and he starts to slowly see how much of it, how much like this town has, how to much get. of a stranglehold he yeah. has on the town. Exactly, yeah. he he's he's strangling the whole he's town, extorting money from yeah. like almost every business owner. They're in his pocket. They can't do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And Dalton, who is a nomad, pretty much, he goes where the money is. He fixes up a bar and goes to the next bar. Uh, so, you know, again, he's got this high asking price, whoever pays him the most, that's who he's going Mm -hmm. to. And he's going to apply his set of skills to help this bar out. Yeah. So, but he starts getting attached not only to his job, but he, he finds, he's starting to find love with Kelly Lynch's character. Who's a doctor. Yeah. Um, he's starting to not only just the bar owner, but the staff starting to get to, to know them and be involved in their lives. He's starting to the, he's housed by this farmer who converted his barn loft into yeah. a little apartment. By the Basically name of he's, he's breaking the rules set out to him that you hear a lot of times with these characters yeah. don't get too attached. Yeah, exactly. And he's basically, he's getting too attached and he's mm-hmm. finding that this Brad Wesley character is a bully mm-hmm. and you know, this isn't just another bar. Yeah. He's like, this is this whole town is basically under this guy's thumb. Yeah. And he's sort of becoming, you know, acclimated with everyone. He's becoming mm-hmm. friends and he starts to like it. So yeah. he doesn't like bullies. Yeah. And so that's what you find is this character of Dalton is a very serene, level headed, philosophical person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's dangerous. And that's yeah. kind of what that's that's what I like about what Patrick Swayze brings to this because Mm -hmm. Patrick Swayze himself gives off that vibe. Mm -hmm. So what a lot of people may misconstrue as like dull, flat acting, Mm -hmm. like, well, that's just, that's the character. Yeah. And it, the, the funny thing is, and in all the viewings that I had, I might've picked this up once, but we've watched it twice to kind of prepare for the episode. Um, He has a degree in philosophy from NYU and it, when you learn that, you start to see philosophically how he's yeah. built. You start Be to see, nice. yeah, you start to see all these little things where he says like pain don't hurt, yeah. or he says you know be nice. He says nobody wins in a fight. If you dig a little deeper, it's juxtaposed to kind of his line of work, yeah, uh, his trade as he calls it, yeah. And basically, it's funny that he's a cooler, you know, mm-hmm. because basically cooler heads prevail. Yeah, unless well, you have to kick some ass. So, well, I mean, that's not where I was going with oh, that. Okay, sorry. But I can only imagine: a, you can't do much with a philosophy degree, and b, it's probably just really boring. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's he's he he is this more level-headed, 
calm, like Matt said, serene, almost gentle type guy until provoked, and then he's going to kick your ass. Yeah, exactly. So that's what's cool about the movie is mm-hmm. that you've got kind of a, a sw- he's got a swagger to him, mm-hmm. and it's sort of, it, it has it has elements of like the wild west like the drifter comes in and yeah. you know walks into the dusty old town yeah. and and everyone you know he starts liking the the locals yeah and then they find out that they're under the thumb of like the one person who's got everyone in their pocket mm-hmm. and basically like you've got the you know it comes down high noon this gunfight and so that's what you're seeing in this movie is you're seeing yeah. that through his interaction with all these people you're seeing how just ruthless brad wesley is mm-hmm. and then you're seeing uh dalton having to go to greater lengths yeah uh to sort of pacify everything that he's doing mm-hmm. and there's a lot of fighting in this movie Oh, there's a lot of fighting and here's my thing i it's it's so fun to watch patrick swayze fight in this movie because he's so graceful Oh, yeah. And he's graceful because he's a ballet dancer. Yeah. His, his mother was a ballet dancer. He trained as a ballet dancer. His wife was a ballet dancer. Yeah. He is he is graceful in this movie. And if you see Dirty Dancing, he has such this natural rhythm yeah. and movement about him because he's a ballet dancer. He's, he was a ballet dancer. Everything, every, all of his movement in this movie, whether he's running or walking mm-hmm. or fighting, it's so damn smooth. It's fluid. Like It's, it's very it's fluid. It's very fluid. Yeah. It's not herky-jerky um, when he's fighting... Like at one point he's on the porch of the double deuce Mm -hmm. and he's fighting like three or four guys Mm -hmm. and the fighting, it's not super unrealistic. Obviously it's choreographed. It's not super unrealistic of like one on three, the one guy standing there waiting to get his turn to get his ass kicked. Like, no, it's, it's the way the movement of it is, is very, very fluid. Like you said, it's like a beautiful dance. Yeah, exactly. Um, But to kind of continue with kind of the framework. Yeah. yeah. So he's running all this, but he's starting to make a difference. He's starting to help the place out. You see, they, they have a lot of continual, like the, a lot of the double deuce, um, you have Dalton outside of the double deuce and then it all kind of the transition shot is just a shot in the double deuce and then happenings that happen in the double deuce to move the story along. So what's cool is almost each time you go back to the double deuce, like the interior of it, it gets progressively better. So like when you first see it, it's a like, it's a crappy place. The band is playing behind chicken wire. There's bottles flying everywhere. Dalton's first night there. There's a fight that's reminiscent yeah. of those pie fights at the end of the three stooges. Yeah. You're getting to see the different clientele and the characters yeah. that surround this place. Yeah. Just a lot of kind of low life. Very people. like stupid, dim witted country bumpkins. Yeah. Like, exactly. So you see that, but then as as you progress into the movie and as Dalton gets further and further entrenched in the town of Jasper, you start seeing all these improvements that are happening yeah. because Dalton is kicking all you know, not so much the hayseeds, but just the troublemakers out. Yeah. You know, he doesn't deal with it. Um he's trained his bar staff to not deal with it so you're getting more and more instead of the bumpkin who chuckles and or like a hayseed or yeah. talks like gomer pile you're getting more of the white collar crowd mixed yeah, in yeah. with the bar crowd and you, everything they're coming you can tell because there's a scene in which every, every you've seen how he's making improvements and you've seen you know with the difference he's making and there's a scene where the shot there's a tracking shot mm-hmm. and it's panning down and the exterior is all fixed up mm-hmm. and there's like lines out the door of people so yep. you can tell that people have come from far and wide to mm-hmm. come to like the all new double deuce yeah exactly just the one problem is until um the certain scene to where Dalton has to make the switch all the liquor is provided by Brad Wesley yeah so Brad Wesley to continue to you know, try and get Dalton under his thumb. He so he cuts off the liquor supply. So Dalton has to call a different supplier. Yeah, Dalton's, Dalton's like, there's no amount of money. Yeah, there's or what did he say? He's like the he's like, what's it? How much am I gonna have to pay you to come to yeah. like to like come work for me? Yeah, he's like, there's no amount of money. Yeah. So basically, he shuts down Brad Wesley. Then no yeah. one else has done that. Yeah. So we continue to see kind of this forward progression, and add, and he. There's a scene to where he starts learning a little more about Brad Wesley and his connection to everybody in the town, and he calls his uh, his buddy, his buddy who yeah. is who who taught him everything that he knows and who 
has he's learned a lot from. He's been partners with um, a gentleman. Enter Sam Elliott. Yeah. Enter Wade Garrett. Yeah. Wade motherflipping Garrett. Yeah. Who steals any scene that he's in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he, Sam Elliott, he looks different in this movie. He's not yeah. like, you know, he's his hair's you know long and flowing mm-hmm. and he's got he's got a lot of scruff uh-huh. and he, you can tell you can tell he's been in a lot of fights you he's, can tell he's, he's weathered been, he's yeah. a very weathered cooler who like steven said has taught dalton everything he knows you know and through more exposition you find out that they've been through a lot together mm-hmm. and he's just he's an all black he's riding a harley yeah he's just awesome like he, yeah. he's a smart ass and it's just it's great yeah and like he uh he he you first see him because like Every, like periodically throughout the movie, Brad Wesley's goons are just trying to make life hard for our buddy Dalton. And yeah. one of the things they're doing is they're trying to stop uh, Dalton's liquor guy from delivering a shipment of liquor to the double deuce. And they're on the back patio and like they're it's four on one. You got Terry Funk. You got two other guys. You got uh, this really just he was a big big guy like yeah. uh i think on he was bigger than my great great grandmother his stomach fell over his pants and i heard it described as it looks like he's hiding a garbage bag full of pudding yeah like <laughs> that's the, probably like, the best explanation yeah. um so it's this big guy um terry funk and this big guy who looks like lurch yeah. from uh or so no, big wide yeah. and big tall yeah yeah so yeah so it's it, every every type of person is just four on one beating up dalton and like he's just way garrett like Sam Elliott walks back and he's like, you know, hey, Miho. That's the thing. He always calls him Miho. He calls yeah. him Amigo, stuff like that. He's like, hey, Miho. Like, yeah. What are you up to? And Terry Funk. It's like, funny. It's so, it's so funny because in that scene, he's walking out and Patrick Swayze is like being held by his arms, getting mm-hmm. punched in the stomach yeah. by Terry Funk. And, uh, and he just comes out and just nonchalant, hey, Miho. Yeah. He's like, you know, like, what are you up to? And they're yeah. like, you know, stay out of this old man and all yeah. that. You and stay out of this dad. Yeah. And uh, the big dude that I would almost say is more like Herman Munster. Yeah. Uh, but uh, walks up to him. He's like, what are you looking at, dickless? And he's like, well, I sure as hell ain't going to show you my dick. And, and he like, just kicks he, him in the leg, yeah. punches him in the balls and kicks him there, in the legs. What's so. great, too, is there's there's kind of almost – there's exposition and almost foreshadowing that until you kind of make the connection, you kind of forget about it. Yeah. Cause like a scene or two before Dalton goes up to one of the uh, heavier set bouncers, bigger yeah. guy. And he's like, you kick a man. It doesn't matter how big a guy is. You kick a man in the knees, you drop him." And one of the first things Wade Garrett does yeah, is he, kick him in he the knees. kicks this Herman God. monster guy in the knees. And I'm like, ah, I know where you learned go. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you were talking about exposition and that's, that's another thing that's interesting about Dalton is there's a, an air of mystery around mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Like he's well known in the world of bouncers and coolers yeah. and stuff like that. Like there's, stories going around about him right. just because he's a nomad he's going around everywhere and yeah. so word travels and so as the movie unfolds you start to see you know rumors turn into like real things so at right. one point he's at the double deuce for the first time and two of the bouncers are talking they're like dude that's dalton he's like heard he ripped a man's throat out once and then the other dude's like no way and uh, later on, as yeah. he's talking to Wade Garrett, they're in like a, a diner with you know mm-hmm. Kelly Lynch with the doctor. She goes to the bathroom, and he's talking to him, and he's like, "Man, that thing in Memphis, you gotta let that go." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "There's two options when someone's holding a gun to your face: like mm-hmm. you kill, you die, or you kill him." Yeah. And so basically, you're like, "Oh, that was true." So there's yeah. there's a lot of stuff that they've been there's, through. There's there's a lot of connections that you yeah that you find. It's a, almost like just these like the mindless foreshadowing that. You're, you, if if you were to map it out, you'd be like, okay, he said that there, and then later on, that had the same thing happened. Yeah. That there, that happened, that that that, and that's something you probably don't think about with this quote unquote mindless '80s yeah. cheesy action movie. Yeah. Um. But we continue. We see we see and hear through exposition what kind of relationship Wade Garrett and Dalton have. Um. Wade Garrett meets Dalton's girlfriend, who's Kelly Lynch. Um. That's you know they have a nice repartee. He's just kind of the the. He's the yeah. wise old man. Yeah, like, exactly. Kinda, a, he's the fa- he's Dalton's father figure. There's a lot of wisdom in this movie yeah. from both Wade Garrett and Dalton. 
Um, but you get that. And then Brad Wesley's starting to get pissed off that first Dalton won't join him and that he's getting bested by Dalton in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So he starts really tightening his grip on the town. Yeah. And instead of going up and asking for 10% of all their sales, he's starting to destroy all their businesses. Yeah. And he's pretty much a, a, a posturing thing to where almost without doing it, he's looking, you know, he doesn't do this, but it almost looking back at Dalton. He's like, this is the power yeah. that I have. What are you going to do? Yeah, about you're, it? you're in my, this is yeah. my town. Yeah. Like he, who, who does he say that to? Uh, he, uh, he, he says it to the car, like the car dealer. Yeah. Uh, Pete. Yeah. He, Pete, yeah. There's this character named Pete who owns a car dealership. Yeah. And basically Brad Wesley goes in, you know, one of his goons has a monster truck, which the monster yeah. truck comes up later. Yeah. And I have, you know, there's some silliness going yeah. on there and uh, basically destroys all the cars on the lot. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is my town. Like, you know, don't you forget it. Yeah. Don't you forget it. Yeah. So Dalton's getting ticked off at this. He's getting really upset. He's so he's like training and he's sulking and stuff like that. And Wade Garrett comes by the barn where Dalton is like kicking the crap out of this, just this wooden post. And uh, he's like, you know, you know, leave this town behind. We can get out of here. We've done it in other towns before. And he's like, fine, go get out of here. Yeah. And, uh, fine, go leave you stupid animals. Yeah, exactly. Airbud. Airbud. Yeah. Airbud. <laughs> um, but, uh, like he's, he's talking to him and like Dalton almost snaps on Wade Garrett. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's a shot where he swings around just not thinking he's about to hit Wade and Wade just catches It's a very a sobering moment. He's yeah. like, you don't want to do this. He's do like, this. I love you, Miho. You know? Yeah, you, you've taught me more than I ever taught yeah. you. So basi- you, basically from there, um, the final nail in the coffin for Dalton was uh, one of Brad or one of uh, Brad Wesley's goons kills Brad or Wade Garrett. I almost said yeah. Brad Garrett. Um, he, ki- he kills him because I guess we can just kind of graze over this right here and maybe jump into it. He kills him because the final straw for Brad Wesley was um, after um, Brad Wesley's main guy named Jimmy blows up Emmett, um, the farmer that um, Dalton lives in his converted barn um, and has be kind of, he's grown attached to him because that's, I mean, yeah. that's, that's his landlord pretty much, yeah. but he, he likes Emmett. He blows up Emmett's house yeah. And Dalton, like Dalton gets him out of like the fiery wreckage, but he sees Jimmy riding away on a four wheeler. Yeah. Stops. Basically him there's and, a final fight between the two yeah. and, and it's pretty intense. The music is reaching its yeah. fever pitch and Dalton rips his throat out. He rips out Jimmy's yeah. throat. Like, and, because well, Jimmy pulls a gun on him. Yeah. He put Jimmy pulls a gun on him. So you, yeah, can exactly. either, he's like, I'm going to kill you the old fashioned way. He's like, you can either die or you can kill him. Yeah. Um, so kind of what Wade said to him. So and, and then hearkening back to like, when yeah. He's like, I heard he ripped a guy's throat out. He's like, no, he you, didn't. You can, yeah, you can tell the remorse in his face too, and yeah. it sort it goes back to you can do two things when a man's holding a gun in your yeah. face, and uh, so so that's why Wade got killed. Yeah, it, essentially, and from there he has his final showdown with uh, with Brad Wesley's goons, kills Brad. Uh, gets Brad Wesley Brad Wesley like basically up against the wall and uh, a lot of the store owners mm-hmm. that that didn't want to take his crap anymore came in and killed him mm-hmm. and then the you know sheriff comes in he's like what the hell's going on around here and they're all like I didn't see anything yeah, I didn't, like, see, you didn't see anything no I didn't see that's, anything so that's uh, that's the that's roadhouse in yeah. a nutshell and that's a uh, not exactly a general overview yeah, but it's know, funny we were talking about all this juxtaposition and exposition mm-hmm. and stuff. All of it wouldn't be possible without the driving force of Jeff Healy, yeah, who plays yeah. this oracle sort of character named Cody. Almost on if if that was intentional, bravo. I yeah. have a feeling it might not have been intentional. Yeah. But who is who is Jeff? So Healy? Jeff Healy. The cool thing about it is Jeff Healy is the lead singer and guitar player for the Jeff Healy band. And they're the band that plays inside the double deuce. Yeah, it's the late Jeff Healy. Passed yeah. Away the late, the late ago. great Jeff Healy. Mm-hmm. And they sort of provide the soundtrack. Well, fiz- you know, literally a lot of their music is on the soundtrack, mm-hmm. but there's sort of this background music to a lot of this dialogue that's going on. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly playing in the, in the background. And we know that this character has sort of been up and down the roads with Dalton, just with, you know, when Dalton gets there, he sees that, you know, Cody is, his band is playing and stuff like that. And they can reconnect and that's, you know, a pretty cool moment. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Healy himself uh, was a blind guitar player Mm -hmm. 
and what's funny is the way he played the guitar was unconventional. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't play a specially made guitar. Like the guitar was a regular guitar that sat in his lap. Mm -hmm. And he just like the way he would grip the fingers, he was amazing. If you watch it, go look up YouTube videos of Jeff Healy playing guitar Mm -hmm. and it's incredible. And he had an amazing voice too. Mm -hmm. And his character not only provided the music, but was sort of the conduit for a lot of people to be like, who is that? It's like the name is Dalton. Yeah. Or like he goes up to Dalton at one point when he finds out that Dalton's getting sweet on Kelly Lynch's doctor mm-hmm. character. He's like, here, you're uh, your girl and sweet on Emily Clay, like Elizabeth Clay, Elizabeth Clay. Yeah. And uh, here's the story with her and tells us, you know, provides exposition yeah. about her relationship with, you know, uh, with uh, Brad Wesley. Yeah, you know who, who who had a thing for her? Yeah. Brad Wesley. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, when Brad Garrett, or Wade, Wade, Wade Garrett, Garrett yeah. oh, Raymond. I don't know, Ray. Yeah. I don't think we should do that with Bob and Dad. Everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loved Raymond. Uh, but uh, uh, Wade Garrett shows he's like the name. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, Wade Garrett. Yeah. You know, and so he's just, he's a very welcome presence. I like Jeff yeah. Healy a lot. And so yeah. it's cool that he's sort of that Oracle type of character to provide exposition, introduce the audience and sort of provide yeah. that bridge for a lot of it, people. It's very reminiscent of the fates in Greek mythology. Yes. Uh, sort of. I made that, yeah. I made that but, connection yeah, earlier, yeah, well, but then I was, I well, remember more about yeah, Greek I guess, mythology. I and guess fates and like, Oracle is just a better way to say it. Yeah. Or like very, it's he, they're very prophetic. Yeah, yeah. To, to kind of emphasize who Dalton is as yeah. a guy. There's a part where one of the, the low life bartenders that gets fired, he's like, who is this guy anyway? And he's like, uh, um, Cody's like yeah, he's, Co- he's, yeah. Cody, Cody's like ah, crap. I can't remember the quote. It it has the f word, so I'm not gonna say yeah, it. Yeah, essentially, uh, he's like, he's like, uh, you f with him, you're in a world of hurt. Like, or yeah, something he's bad. like, you're like, yeah, you pretty much you don't mess with this guy. So yeah. if people want to know something or he has knowledge to give, mm-hmm. he's gonna give it to help the exposition, to help yeah. kind of further the story along, and help the audience know kind of yeah. what's going on. Yeah. So he, yeah, like you said, he's an Oracle in that. Yeah. And, manner. and there, there's a, a, another earmark of an eighties action movie is sort of the excess. Mm-hmm. And so with this, uh, Brad Wesley character, he's got this huge mansion mm-hmm. off of the, you know, a, across the, 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 the pond from, mm-hmm. from, uh, Emmett's farm yeah. where Dalton is staying. And you see like he flies his helicopter in, he's got the four wheeler and he's got like three cars and a monster truck. Yeah. And it's funny, it's so weird to see this monster truck just pull up to just just nonchalantly pull up and you're like, Oh, he's got a monster truck. Yeah. And at one point Dalton is in uh, Doctor Clay's Jeep. Mm-hmm. And he's like talking to her and whatnot, and you can see no, no, no. He walks out of the double deuce, mm-hmm. and she's standing. She's standing there, and you can see in the background this huge jeep, mm-hmm. like monster of, truck, mo- it's like monster, a big monster truck. Yeah, this monster yeah. truck, and all of Brad Wesley's cars. He's got, he's got, you know, these four door sedans, and you want to do reconnaissance in this giant jeep. So it's one monster of those, truck, mo- monster truck. Brad Garrett, Wade Garrett, monster truck jeep. Everything we know, I uh, want to go to sleep. Hey, hey, Ray. Hey, Ray, Ray. I'm driving a monster truck. I think it's trying to break it up a truck. <laughs> anyway, um, that's one of the silliness 80s sort of things yeah. in the movies is it's like as the audience, you're like, um, do you guys see that monster truck back there? It's like you, you, you. there's only one person in this town who owns a monster truck. So it's just kind of silly to me. Yeah. Also, I have an issue here. Sure. Um, nobody wears underwear in this movie. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I mean, there is some nudity, but like, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's some boobies. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there's I mean, like, come on. I mean, hey, come on. it's boobies. Yeah, it's, it's a movie for guys. <laughs> there's <laughs> naked ass. Um, <laughs> there's naked ass. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> naked ass. <laughs> Hey, uh, want to come watch this movie? There's some naked ass in it. There's, uh, there's naked, there's lady ass, there's man, there's man ass. There, uh, it's a movie for all seasons. Movie for all asses. It's a full, it's especially the full moon. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, uh, nobody wears underwear because, like, there's a scene to where, like, uh, 
Carrie Ann, the bar, the like the female there's bartender. There's a female bartender character yeah. who sort of welcomes um, Dalton yeah. to Jasper. For those of you that um, watched Gilmore Girls, she plays. Oh, yeah, she yeah. was a character in Gilmore Girls. Um, she was married to uh, one of the Deloise guys. Yeah, um, that's not helpful. Yeah. yeah, well, he he was an Encino man. She played she played Luke's sister. Luke's sister. That's who yeah. it was. She played Luke's sister in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. I we never. I I don't like hey, that show. Whatever. Keep yeah, keep whatever. going. Um, but uh. So she's up there and like Dalton sleeps naked and he gets out of the bed and you see Patrick Swayze's ass and then he, he just puts his jeans on. He didn't put underwear yeah. on. There's no barrier. Yeah. There, what's, have you yeah, worn I, jeans before? Like, I don't want to see like Swayze butt, but like the most uncomfortable thing to me about that was he put jeans on with no underwear and then like Wade Garrett is showing a scar that he had, which is close to his crotch. Yeah. And uh, and he's not wearing underwear either. <laughs> like, like what? Have you guys, like, I went, I don't know when I was a kid, but I, that I can remember as a teenager or as an adult, I only went around wearing jeans without any underwear once, and it was super uncomfortable. These guys are tougher than nails, so, I mean, they're yeah. tougher than I am. I can't do it, but, yeah, yeah that kind of bothered me. Yeah. It's an interesting thing to uh, pay attention to. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of right in your face, so. Right, yeah. I no, get it. Yeah. So, I, I love this movie. It's great. Like, it, yeah, it's, that, here's the thing. I like those movies that have some corn and cheese to yeah. them. Yeah. And that are really, I guess, that have, for lack of a better term, machismo. Yeah. Uh, because, A, it's it's silly, it's mm-hmm. goofy, it's purely an escape, it's entertainment. Yeah. Um, and as long as you can sit there and realize something is of its time, yeah. you'd be like, this is fun. You know, <laughs> and with action movies, some, you know, point... You know whether you think the fighting is pointless or there's pointless explosions or whatever. It's just there's something inside of you, yeah, as a person that that is just like you know what that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, I know, I love a movie when like within the first minute you see like the main character. Like in this movie, the first thing you search time you see Dalton, you're like. There he yeah, is. So when there he is. Yeah. So when Tillman, the guy who owns the Double Deuce, yeah. goes to New York to scout out Dalton, uh, there's this music playing. There's like no dialogue. It's just the sounds sounds of the bar. Mm-hmm. He's going. He looks, and you see a slow camera shot pan around. And you're like, oh, there he is. There he Dalton is. just chill, and, and he's calm just like and cool. nodding his head to the music, mm-hmm. and it's just it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. It's it's definitely a stand up and cheer type movie. Yeah. Plus, I'm a sucker for a good one-liner. Oh yeah, a good like like um like action movie. Uh, yeah, one-liner. Yeah, these are chock full of them. Yeah, it, this movie's super quotable mm-hmm. too. Like his main his main advice to his mm-hmm. bouncers are, "Be nice." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Wait, what? What if they call me this? What if they call me that?" And in pure philosophical form, he's like, "It's not personal. It's just two words." cram together to provide an illicit response to elicit yeah. a response and stuff yeah. like that. It's just the way he's able to ex- explain things. He's like, if they're be, if they're be doing this, be nice. If they're doing this, be nice. If it, you know, if they're doing this, you will both, you know, yeah, like you'll call over one of the other know, bouncers and, and you'll, you'll both, both be nice. nice. Yeah. He's like, you'll be nice until it's time not to be nice. Yeah. He's like, when, when will we know that? He's like, like you won't. won't. I'll let you. Yeah. You watch my back and I watch you. Yeah, yours. exactly. No, you watch my back and each other's yeah. and we'll be just fine. So yeah. it's so quotable. And then he's like getting stitched up after getting, you know, you know, uh, in one of his many injuries and knife fights. Yeah. Uh, he gets slashed and he goes and visits the doctor and uh, she's like, well, she wants to give him an anesthetic. Yeah. And he's like, no, thanks. And he's like, pain don't hurt. Yeah. And it, like, on the surface, it's just goofy. Yeah. But you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, pain don't hurt. Yeah. Uh, with the, you're the, too stupid to have a good time. Yeah. Uh, like, for crying out loud, you see one of the, like, when Tillman first talks to Patrick Swayze at the beginning, yeah. he's he's stitching, stitching himself, himself up. up. Like, he gets stabbed by one of the bar patrons at the bar that he's at currently. Yeah. And he's giving himself his own stitches, yeah. not like, ooh. Ow, ow. Yeah, he's, he's like doing it, and he's in the mirror. He's like, he's like I'm one of the best. He's like, Wade Garrett's the best. He's like, Wade Garrett's getting old. He's like, still the best. He's just like, your name's Dalton. I don't know you. Yeah, like, exa- exactly. And he uh, again, the, the mystery, he goes to the double deuce, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, I hear that's Dalton. Or And Mary Ann's like, you got a name? He's like, yeah. And then that's it. And, yeah. then, and then one of the... Bou- one of the um, bartenders who is played by john doe from yeah, the from famous X. punk band yeah, the x. x they did uh they're 
really known they're known a lot by more people uh for doing the cover of wild thing yeah. which is in major league yeah but uh he's like hey you got a name he's like coffee black yeah like, exactly he's like, why, why do i need to give what does my name have to do with anything it's just the, that level of mystery well, also it, it's like it, you're gonna help us or not i think the it's it's a kind of a silly line and it's probably the most quoted thing from the movie but something that really shows that people there's this air of mystery is uh anytime people are done talking with them for the first time and they've heard of them they're like you know i thought you'd be bigger yeah and, yeah. and like marianne at one point is laughing he's like what is the joke yeah it's like you know i thought you'd be bigger he seems he's like seems like everywhere i go i hear that same joke. carrie ann carrie ann yeah carrie um, Carrie Ann, um, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's he's 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 like this mythological yeah figure, and 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 that's why I thought you'd be bigger is so yeah. effective, yeah, because everyone has this Im- knows about him. They mm-hmm. have this image of him being this badass, and like you obviously expect him to be this imposing figure, yeah, and they're like. I thought you'd be bigger. Yeah. You know, and you hear, so it's like you hear all these tall tales and you hear about Paul Bun- or you hear about John Henry. Yeah. Like doing all this stuff. And you see, he's like the size of Gary Coleman. Yeah. Like, it's, I thought you'd be bigger. Dalton's not the size of Gary. No, Coleman. Do, no. John I, Henry's the size of Gary Coleman. Yeah, we, that's, that's been well established. <laughs> I think they even said that in the tall tale. No one even knew who Gary Coleman was yeah. at that time. They're like, he's the size of Gary Coleman. And you mean like a coal man? No, Gary Coleman. He Different was in strokes. What's happening to talking about Willis? What are you talking about, Willis? His yeah. father, his adopted father was Conrad Bain. Yeah. Get with it, <laughs> uh, early 20th century. Yeah, exactly. And that's how Different Strokes came I, to be. I know. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell people. So as we're wrapping up, um, I love Roadhouse. Well, go check it out. Go check You'll it find out. That's going to be a trend that a lot of the movies we talk about mm-hmm are sort of those guilty pleasure, quote-unquote, yeah. like cheese. Yeah. You know, just fun, just movies you grow up with. Mm-hmm. Um, very rarely are we going to sit here and talk about critically. We're, you're not going to hear us talk about The Shawshank Redemption, even though I love that movie. Yeah. But a lot of the things that I like and that, that we find rad and we find fun mm-hmm. are those cheesy, cheesy movies. Yeah. And so Roadhouse is one of those. Uh, one thing before we... Uh, we sign off on Roadhouse mm-hmm. and we take a quick break. There's this one line where Dalton's first time at the double deuce and he sees, oh, that's Cody and his band. Mm-hmm. And you can tell by the look on his face, he's like, ah, fine, people I know. Yeah. And he goes up to them and uh, they take a break to go drain the main vein. Yeah, as and, Jeff uh, Healy says. And uh, he goes up to him and the band is like, oh, hey, Dalton, hey, Dalton. He goes up to him and he hands him a towel. He's like, hey, thanks, man. He's like, you know, you play pretty good for a blind white boy. He's like, yeah, and I thought you'd be bigger. Like, and they embrace yeah, and they and stuff. And, and Cody, Jeff Healy, the blind guy, says, it's good to see you, man. Yeah. So you kind of tilt your head, and you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you didn't feel my face. You didn't much of anything. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I just thought that was funny. There's yeah. a lot of scene references there's, there's, that Cody yeah, says. There's a couple more to where I'm like, why are, we, why are you giving the blind guy those sight references? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. But uh, Roadhouse is awesome. Go check, check it out. It out. Um, would you dare say that Roadhouse is rad? Oh, it is definitely rad. I also, uh, I just remembered uh, during, just because it, it ties in my favorite action movie of all time, Die Hard. Michael yes. Kamen, like Matt said, was a composer of that yes. movie. And uh, the the climactic fight between uh, Jimmy, um, Brad Wesley's main guy, and Dalton is very reminiscent of the score and Die Hard, where yeah. like especially the part where Hans Gruber is falling out of the building. Yeah. So, yeah, check that out too if you like. If you like Die Hard, so that's our scatterbrained take on Roadhouse. Yeah, we kind of went everywhere because we think Roadhouse is rad. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna take a quick break, mm-hmm. and then when we come back, we will uh, give our closing thoughts and then sign off. Be nice. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. I want you to be nice. Until it's time to not be nice. All right. Well, the uh, first episode of the Radcast is in the books. Yep. In how the you, can. Yeah. How, how are you doing? You okay? I, I think I'll be all right. Oh, please. I'm just, I'm just, oh, man, I'm just, I'm just so hungry. I'm hungry, too. I'm very hungry. I'm very hungry. We're going to Postmates it up here? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. So hopefully uh, you enjoyed that 
Um, we're looking forward to many, many more mm-hmm. uh, chances to talk about things that uh, that we like. And that's the thing is it, we're not trying to make it too, too personal to just us. It's like these are the things that we find rad, but as an extension, it it the topics aren't so, so inside that mm-hmm. – that you're like, I don't want to listen to these two guys talk about a bunch of inside jokes mm-hmm. or a bunch of you know their personal experiences. Yeah. We do this as an extension to the experience of a lot of people as mm-hmm. a whole. Yeah. So hopefully, a lot of people can listen and be like, Oh, I love that about Roadhouse too. Or also, yeah, because there there was a Roadhouse too. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch that. It's got a Jimmy from uh, that thing. You that do. thing you do in it. Um, but uh. Yeah, that's kind of our goal is, is that you can sit here and be like, oh, yeah, that's, a, you know, this is a cool take. Or I love 90s hockey or mm-hmm. I love Roadhouse. I love, you know, this is such a cool discussion on image comic mm-hmm. artists of the 90s mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. So so that's sort of our goal here. Um, and hopefully on this first episode, we primed the pump, created a pretty good groundwork. Um, there's more to come for mm-hmm. sure. Just keep your head on a swivel because sometimes you don't know what direction we're going to yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Can't wait to have some some guests on here. We've got a lot of a lot of good people we know who can provide mm-hmm. fresh perspectives on mm-hmm. things. So uh, that's it. Yeah. That's the Radcast. Yeah. That's, uh, hey, it's a good first episode. Could be a good last episode. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. So signing off. Catch you later. See ya. This concludes our broadcast day.